Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you are listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. No Sleep Till Sudbury is brought to you by Pariah Pickups, makers of quality handcrafted guitar pickups. They are doing some very cool things down there. Check them out, pariahpickups.com. All right, this week I wanted to take you on an exploration of the dark and peculiar world of heavy metal subgenre black metal, with a focus on early 90s Norwegian black metal and some of the more remarkable events that occurred around that time within the scene, including the church burnings and the murders. Let's start by looking at the origins of Norwegian black metal. During the late 60s and early 70s, an interest in the occult took shape in some corners of the rock world, and a few bands outwardly featured Satanism in their music. The American group Coven and an English band named Black Widow are two primary examples. The genre of heavy metal leaned heavily on the dark imagery of the occult and Satanism in 1970s British heavy metal, with Black Sabbath directly referencing Satan in their lyrics. Some of the guys in Sabbath were actually practicing Christians, and there were also references to a Christian god and his entanglements with Satan. A few years later, in the early 1980s, the Satanism angle actually got ratcheted up a few notches when bands like Slayer, Sodom, Impaler, Venom, and Creator emerged on the metal scene, which now consisted of a number of new, more extreme subgenres, thrash metal, speed metal, and for the aforementioned bands, death metal. The celebration of satanic imagery combined with just general dark morbidity the undead, serial killers, and the like. And from this, a darker subgenre still would be created, called black metal. Black metal would position Satanism as its foundation, before other themes used in the lyrical content of other metal subgenres. Another primary distinction of black metal is that its performers would often incorporate self-mutilation into their performances, as a showing of their devotion to Satan. Some people say Newcastle band Venom were the very first black metal band. They actually called their second record Black Metal, released in 1982. Venom even announced that they were full-fledged Satanists at one point. But in terms of actual devotion to Satan, it was likely more an attempt to gain some media attention. Other black metal bands began to appear at that point. Celtic Frost, Bathory, and a band that while not sounding quite like a black metal band per se, certainly did look and act the part. Merciful fate. Their singer, King Diamond, proclaimed himself as a practicing member of the Church of Satan. This was noteworthy only because most black metal artists only went so far as to say they were skeptics, or atheists, not full-on card-carrying Church of Satan parishioners. And for those of you who may not have known, the Church of Satan is an actual thing. It was founded in 1966 by a man known as the Father of Satanism, Anton LaVey. His doctrines are laid out in the Satanic Bible, which was published in 1969, promoting an eye-for-eye ethical code, indulgence, kindness only to those who deserve it, and a carnal, physical existence. Conversely, LaVey admonishes abstinence, spirituality, equality, pacifism, and the idea of unconditional love. The ideal Satanist, in LaVey's view, 
is a nonconformist, a pragmatic person who possesses a worldview based on naturalism, considering humankind as simply highly evolved, amoral animals living in an amoral world. LeVay also believed that aggression and hate were not inappropriate emotions, and that they were in fact necessary for human survival. In his mind, a proper satanic society was comprised of free-spirited, self-disciplined individuals who don't accept any form of governance, telling them what they can and cannot do. Now, King Diamond notwithstanding, most black metal musicians saw things very differently from Anton LaVey. They considered Satan to be an actual entity that represented all things dark, terror, murder, suicide, and so on. On top of that, black metal Satanists also considered Christians to be their enemies and Christianity as a form of plague that needed to be eliminated. Beginning in the early 90s, this extreme ideology began to manifest itself in a very grim manner. Black metal's second wave was spearheaded by the Norwegian black metal scene. A new type of black metal had been developed by Norwegian acts beginning in 1990, some of those acts being Mayhem, Dark Throne, Burzum, Immortal, Emperor, Satricon, Enslaved, and Gorgoroth. These are the bands that took the black metal of the 80s to a newer, much darker place. As a general rule, these bands attempted to sustain an underground status for their brand of black metal. A lot of them chose not to perform live. The ones that did asserted that their shows are not to be considered a spectacle, and for that matter, even conventional entertainment, even though they did employ a lot of theatrics and props. They wanted the concerts to be considered more as a ritual, complete with animal blood mock crucifixions, and medieval weapons. Some vocalists from these bands cut themselves during the shows and wore what's referred to as corpse paint, black and white face makeup, used to achieve an undead, corpse-like appearance. And most of the band members adopt evil-sounding pseudonyms, like Mayhem bass player Necro Butcher. The music is fast with a shrieking vocal style and heavily distorted guitars playing intervals and chord progressions intended to invoke a sense of dread. The drumming is rapid and relies on blast beats that can approach 300 beats per minute. The production quality of the music is purposely lo-fi in order to reflect the raw, cold nature of the music. In fact, even in professional recording situations, Black metal musicians will request poor quality equipment in an attempt to perpetuate the underground vibe and deliberately make the music sound unappealing to people who enjoy mainstream music. Black metal lyrics typically use apocalyptic language to oppose institutional religion. Satanic lyrics are considered essential to the genre. Black metal also seems consumed by history and the distant past. A lot of bands describe the mythology and folklore of their homelands to promote a time predating Christian tradition. All right, so in 1991 now, things came to a head. A singer who had come to Norway from Sweden named Pelle Olin heard that black metal band Mayhem was looking for a vocalist 
and so he sent a cassette to their mailbox. Included in that package was a dead mouse attached to a cross. Olin got the gig, and the band morphed into a true black metal force. Olin was obsessed with the concept of death and dying. He called himself Dead. That was his pseudonym. He would do things like bury the clothes that he wore on stage for days before gigs, hoping that they would rot before he wore them. He cut himself on stage and was said to be the originator of corpse paint. And when he wore it, others followed suit. In April of 1991, Olin killed himself in his bedroom with a shotgun. The first sentence of the suicide note he left began with, Excuse all the blood. He also apologized in the note for firing the shotgun indoors. Olin was discovered by Mayhem guitarist Euronymous, whose real name was Oystein Arseth. Before calling the police, Arseth went out and purchased a disposable camera and photographed the body, rearranging some of the items in the room as he did it. One of these photos he took was later used as the cover of a Mayhem bootleg record called Dawn of the Black Hearts. Arseth went on to fashion necklaces from pieces of Olin's skull and present them to black metal musicians that he deemed worthy of having them. Arseth was considered a key figure of the Norwegian black metal scene. One month after Olin's suicide, Arseth opened a record shop in Oslo called Helveta, which was Norwegian for hell. The basement of the shop was a popular meeting place for many of Norwegian black metal's most popular musicians, the members of Mayhem, members of Emperor, and Varg Vikernes, also known as Count Grishnok of Burzum. The shop's walls were painted black and its front window featured a polystyrene tombstone. The individuals who met at Helvete were referred to as the Black Circle by Arseth who described the group as an organization of satanic militants. And in 1993, English metal magazine Kerrang! called them satanic terrorists, even though it was later dismissed as a rumor to get attention from the media. Alveta was closed down in early 1993, however, after beginning to draw attention from not only the media, but also from the police for all the satanic fear-mongering that was being issued from the shop. During the period that Helvetta served as a meeting place for Norwegian black metal figures, the idea of Satanism had gone from being something musicians just referenced in lyrics to a destructive, violent lifestyle. In 1992, members of the Norwegian black metal scene began a series of arson attacks on Christian churches. Four years later, more than 50 attacks were recorded in Norway. In the cases that were solved, it was determined that those responsible for the arsons were fans of Norwegian black metal. The first church to be burned to the ground was Norway's Fantoft Stave Church in June 1992. Police believe Varg Vikernes of Burzum was responsible, but they could not provide adequate proof. The cover of Burzum's record, called Aske, Norwegian for Ashes, is a photograph of the burned-down church. Vikernes would be found guilty in 1994, however, for burning down three other churches 
and also found guilty for the attempted arson of a fourth. Authorities learned later that Bikernes and Arseth had planned to bomb Nidaros Cathedral, an event that would coincide with the release of their next album, called De Mysterious Dom Sathanis. The cathedral appears on the album cover. Early in 1993, animosity began to develop between Vikernes and Arseth, and on the night of August 10, 1993, Vikernes drove to Arseth's apartment in Oslo. There was a confrontation shortly after he arrived, and Vikernes stabbed Arseth to death outside the apartment. Vikernes was arrested nine days later and a number of other members of the Norwegian black metal scene were also rounded up for questioning, surrounding the murder and the church burnings during the same period. Many of the individuals confessed, and also implicated others. Vikernes was sentenced to Norway's maximum penalty of 21 years in prison for the murder of Arseth, the arson of four churches, and for possession of 150 kilograms of explosives. On the day of his sentencing, Two more churches were burned down, presumably as some showing of solidarity. That Mayhem album that I mentioned earlier, De Mysterious Dom Santhanis, was released the same month, and it featured Arseth on guitar and Vikernes playing bass. Arseth's family had attempted to halt the release of the record, given the fact that Vikernes contributed to it. Mayhem's drummer, called Hellhammer, promised to remove the bass tracks recorded by Vikernes and record them on his own, despite the fact that he couldn't play bass. Ultimately, the original bass tracks were left on the record, and it was released as such, with Hellhammer saying later, I thought it was appropriate that the murderer and the victim were on the same record. Vikernes was released from prison in 2009. Almost 30 years later, in 2019, filmmaker Jonas Ackerland tells the story of mayhem in his documentary called Lords of Chaos. Ackerland, who played drums in black metal pioneer band Bathory for a year in 1983, sees the church burnings and the violent behavior not as radical individuals practicing Satanism, but instead in the context of escalating one-upmanship. He doesn't think the offenders had a satanic purpose or a political agenda. He just thinks they were extreme young boys behaving in a Lord of the Flies type groupthink mentality, where their violent actions were the result of them trying to shock and impress each other. According to him, each violent action was one step further, with murder eventually becoming commonplace. Many of the figures portrayed in the documentary hated the film and they attempted to block its release. Vikernes himself, who has not shown remorse for the murder that he committed, called the film slanderous garbage. Today, some of those old black metal bands are still out there. Norwegian black metal band Campfar is about to release a new album, and their singer, known only by his pseudonym Dolk, looks back on his gloomy black metal history and says of it, quote, Today we all find it funny and sad at the same time. Take Ivar from black metal group Enslaved, for example. Back then, we were writing stuff to each other that was so ugly, we had to look over our shoulders all the time. 
But today, we're the best of friends, and we're really embarrassed about all that stuff. A couple of years ago, Camp Far won a Norwegian Grammy, and we were sitting there at the same table with Enslaved. We're the same guys that back then sent death threats to each other. And now we're sitting there, together in suits, drinking wine, eating fancy dinners. How crazy is that? End quote. All right, a look at Norwegian black metal. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.